Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And uh, we are delighted and blessed that you've chosen to join us today for our continuing study of the book of Ephesians. Uh, today we will be concentrating on chapter 2 uh, with a very interesting theme, uh, which I don't I don't want to give that away right just a second. However, uh, I would like to preface it by saying uh, if you watch the news and, and you keep up with current events, uh, you, you know some things about uh, some of these caravans that are heading towards our southern border. Uh, and very soon we may have lots and lots of strangers in our midst. And oh, wait a minute, I just gave it away. You did indeed. Boy, I can't help it. I, I can never keep a secret. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing you're too big to spank. Yes. Okay. I, I get that. Uh, now, no matter how you feel about strangers, uh, we, we are remaining apolitical to the best of, that we can here. Uh, no matter how you feel about strangers, at some point in our lives, all of us have been a stranger, a, a stranger somewhere. And uh, sometimes that's a very uncomfortable feeling. Uh, and... We like to find a way to assimilate and 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 uh, get to know people, and because we're social creatures, so. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about strangers a little bit today in Ephesians chapter two, and I know uh, Pastor Chamberlain is eager to get to it. So, with that being said, Pastor, please, uh, you know, oh, that's right, he's he's signaling me. Don't forget to talk about our upcoming website. We are uh, in conjunction with another Christian friend uh, who's building a website for us. In the process of that, we are awfully close uh, to having a working website. And when I say awfully close, I mean we're about as close as the sound of my voice to you right now. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll let you know when you can email us and give us comments and questions. Boy, it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. Uh, and then we will also be able to offer some uh, some some written works that you might find helpful. Uh, but more on that later. For right now, let's talk about strangers, Pastor Chamberlain. Uh, thank you, Kurt. Um, Let's talk about strangers. Uh, I've been told that there's nobody stranger than I am. Uh, well, and that, my that, my that, wife is sitting on my right hand and just said, "That's for sure." Yeah, yeah. That's so, until they meet me. I, I that, might be that, a one of the reasons she married me, I think. <laughs> I said that. And, uh, now, before we get into our text, and we'll be uh, in the tail end of of chapter one briefly. Mm -hmm. Uh, and leading into chapter two, and there are several things I want to say in chapter uh, in chapter two. Uh, but let me just say this: uh, what we're trying to do here on this podcast is to teach the Word of God uh, in a spirit of love and and in and in truth. And what it takes to do that is uh, 
some study. Uh, now, um, Curtis and I will be the first to tell you, and we're not being modest, we're being honest, and it's this. If we know anything, it's that we don't know everything. And that's why we study. We'd like to know everything that we possibly can know in this life about God, his precious son, Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit, and his word. And so as we do that, keep that in mind. Uh, If we know anything, it's that we don't know everything. But we do know this. If God said it, we're going to stand up and speak up. That's right. And if God didn't say it, we're going to sit down and shut up because that's one of our rules. Another one of our rules is that we do, we, we're going to speak and preach everything that we do under the banner of what saith the scripture. We're going to do our best not to opinionate unless we can come form a, a, a real good, honest and scriptural opinion from the word of God. Yep. Now, um, that's the our major goal is to to uh, teach the word of god but we have a another goal and that is to help you to learn by listening to us how to study the word of god for yourself now i teach verse by verse and topically that means i go verses one two and three and i read it and, and we comment on it until we come to a major word. And then we follow that word through the particular book that we're in. For instance, we just finished a study on the word predestination. Mm-hmm. We've also made mention of the fact uh, that the words according to uh, occur seven or eight times in the book of Ephesians. Yeah. And so there, every time we come to an according to, we like to teach about it. Also, over 30 times, I think it's somewhere around 35 times, we see the words in Christ or in whom or in him. And so we'd like to highlight those things topically. And so having explained that and um, having taken up uh, a lot of time that, well, that Curtis can't use now, then I have to. (laughs) All right. Understand that, that that we do this sitting at the dining at the dining room table in my house in in Central Illinois, and this is a family thing. Curtis, yeah, sure. my son, uh, I'm his father, um, and I have been for fifty nine plus years. And um, there were a couple of years there where you weren't admitting it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and to my right is my wonderful, beautiful wife, a very scriptural woman. And she's sitting to my right hand. Yes. And so we're doing this uh, together. And she may interject occasionally, but um, only by permission. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Okay. So just so you know what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're doing it, and <laughs> where we're doing it from, where it's currently below at work, it's currently 10 degrees above zero in central Illinois. Yay. So if you're listening in Arizona, oh dear. Yeah. Okay, anyway. You, you may hear some some chattering in the background. That's just my teeth. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to Ephesians. Um, we've, um, we've gotten through the first uh, two-thirds of it. Um, we talked about predestination. We've talked about the believer's inheritance. 
And now, uh, at towards the end of chapter one, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, is uh, talking about his prayer for believers. And he said in chapter one of Ephesians, verse 16, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And so the Apostle Paul was a, an inveterate prayer. And so he prayed for all of the people uh, to whom uh, he preached and taught. So we're to do the same thing, and so are you. And it says, here's what he prayed, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He's praying about this. And he says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or built in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And when Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God, he's sitting there as our propitiation, our intercessor, our mediator, the Bible tells us. And that's why we, when we pray, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We come to the throne of grace boldly that we might find help in the time of need. And we're very needy people. And Paul uh, practiced praying uh, without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean he was on his knees all day long. It means that wherever he was, whatever he was doing, in what situation he was in, uh, he would pray. And that's what Paul is teaching the church here in chapter 1. And then he talks about Christ being set down in, at the right hand of God in heavenly places. And he's coming back, by the way. And it says here he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. There is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. It's not Peter. It's not Paul. That's right. It's not Mary. It's Jesus Christ. Then he says in chapter 1, verse 22, And he hath put all things, all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And this is the very first mention of the word church in the book of Ephesians. And he says, the church, which is his body. And he will go on to say uh, in the next chapter that all who are saved belong to the body of Jesus Christ, the church. It's also called a building. Um, and so uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and make some introductory remarks uh, regarding uh, our subject today. That is, being strangers. He begins chapter 2, verse 1, and saying, And you, that is, those of you, uh, um, he hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past 
You walked according to course through the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Wow. And so he's quickened us. He's made us alive. Now, uh, there are some key words in chapter two of the book of Ephesians. And, and I'm going to give you uh, the key words that you'll look for as you read this chapter for yourselves that will help us to understand the church age. Remember, at the end of chapter one, he talked about the church, which is the body. And there are three things you need to look, look for. First of all, in verse two of chapter two, it, it says, in times past. And then it says in uh, chapter 2, verse 3, again, the terms in times past. And then in, chap in chapter 2, verse 11, he uses the term in times past. And so before the church age began and before we're saved, we're talking in the past. And there are things that happened and, and have happened uh, in the past to us and for our edification it's reported to us in the word of god right. and then we see in verse 13 of chapter 2 the words but now and so this tells us all about as believers as members of the body of christ in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's telling us what we're to be and how we're to be, how we are to be. Uh, and, and that's but now in this present time. So we have times past, we have the times present, but now. And then, um, what'd you say? Verse seven. All right, so we're going to go to verse seven. He always gets ahead of me because... <laughs> because he studies the word of God. And it's and in verse seven, it says that in the ages to come future. And that's the future. So uh, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And he's giving us in this chapter, a preview of coming attractions. He's doing that in the present tense, as in contrast with our past. That's right. And so that's how we can understand the church age. And I hope we've made that plain to you. And I hope we've at least taught you in some way how to, to, uh, to study the word of God for yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to read some verses leading up to, uh, and we're going to spend most of our time, in the last three or four verses of chapter two. Uh, we'll begin reading at verse 13. And he says, but now in Christ Jesus, verse 12, let's go back to verse 12. At that time, what is that? At, in time past, you were without Christ being aliens. Strangers. Strangers, yeah. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's terrible. That's awful. And it is awful not being saved, especially when Jesus died and gave himself a ransom for all, especially when Jesus took your sins as well as mine in his cross, in his body on the cross. That's right. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were afar off, there he is talking about being strangers again. And when is that? He says, but now. He says, but now, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Go ahead, ask. So there's a catalyst somewhere that changes you from stranger to? Believer. Family member. To a family member. And here's what it says in verse 14. For he is, that Jesus Christ, is our peace who hath made both one, both what? Both the Jews and the Gentiles, unbelievers, he hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And that ought to defeat uh, the armies of the anti-Semitic people. Jesus Christ died for the Jews. They've nationally rejected him, but they're going to come back to him. Oh, yeah. And he says this, with regard to this making of one, having abolished in his flesh the enmity or hatred, hatred, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man. So making peace. If there's anything there ought to be in the church, the body of Jesus Christ, it ought to be peace. That's right. Quit fighting. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you can't stand up for what's right. You must. There's going to be disagreements, but. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But make them peaceful. That's right. Okay. Let all things be done decently and in order. That's correct. And he goes on further about about having abolished the enmity. He says, and that he might reconcile both. Mm -hmm. That both is the Jew and the Gentile. Unto God in one body. By By the cross. Now I'm saying that for emphasis because I want you to know. That that's how we're one body. We are currently, if we read the analytics correctly, being heard in somewhere around 26 states in the United States. Correct. And in some eight foreign countries, we have been heard. Also correct. And, but we're all the same once we get saved. That's right. There's to be unity. He might reconcile both unto God, both the Jews and Gentiles, in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. There ought to be no um, uh, uh, savagery, uh, no strangers in the body of Christ. And he came and preached peace unto you, which are afar off, and to whom them that were nigh. God doesn't finish his preaching the moment you get saved. That's right. The moment you come to him, there's more to learn. 
And so that's what we're trying to do is to teach you what those things are. Then he says in verse 18, for through him, we both Jews and Gentiles have access by one spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit whom God has given to the world to convict the world of their sin and to convince them to be saved. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. I can go to the Father through Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Think about that. Now, does that sound easy? God has to make it easy. That's right. That's right. Now. Oh, I love this. Do you like that word? Oh, I do. Verse 19 says. Especially what comes after that word. Now, therefore, and because he's slain the enmity, because he's made both into one, because he's reconciled. Yeah. Yeah. Now, therefore, because of this. Ye are no more strangers. And that's the title of our message today. And we'll spend the rest of our time um, and we'll take a break at the 30 minute mark. um, And and Curtis is my timekeeper uh, and and uh, he's good at that. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So if you're in Great Britain, and there are some people listening to us in Great Britain, Mm -hmm. if you live in Canada, there are people who are listening to us from Canada. If you're in the town of Tallahassee, which I don't never heard of. It's in Alabama. It's in Alabama. We know they're listening. Yeah, well, you've listened. If you're listening again, Hooray. Thanks a lot. Even if I pronounced it wrong, I don't know, (laughs) but we're one, we're one body. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference. Your name, where you're from now, but now, and it says in verse 20 and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the apostles, apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And we'll talk more about the foundation in a moment. Let's continue reading. Um, In whom, verse 21, in whom, there's that word in whom, in Jesus Christ, in whom all the building. Mm -hmm. Now here's where the church is called a building. Yeah. We're first called a body. Now we're called a building. Yeah. All the building fitly framed together groweth. My Bible says, but to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to help you to do. And and in doing so, the people that are teaching are people that have to be the, have to learn it also. Okay. And that's what we're trying to do. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, let me read a little bit further because we're going to go into chapter three uh, with this talk about uh, no more strangers Mm -hmm. chapter 3 verse 1 says for this cause what cause for now therefore you are not you're not foreigners right now your fellow your fellow heirs your fellow citizens 
For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, and in subsequent messages, and maybe uh, as soon as the next week or two, we're going to talk about dispensational truth. How to rightly divide the word of God. He said in verse three, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, you see the time, the chronology of these things, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise, in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Let's finish our reading with that, and let's go to an outline which I will give to you, and I will alliterate the words. Now, as a teacher, this is how I now, teach. Now, now, he doesn't do this too often, so... <clears throat> <laughs> Every time I do it. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, all of these things that I'm going to tell you, and we're going to go through them kind of quickly, we're not going to do a huge commentary on it, but I want to give them to you to help you study this for yourself. And as we begin, now we begin uh, with, with, with the letter F. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, in, in, uh, Chapter 2, verse 19, it says, we, um, Therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners. As a foreigner in America, I don't have the right to vote until I become a, a number two fellow citizen. That's right. So when you were a stranger... You had no rights. You had no privileges except to get saved. You had no privileges. You cannot pray. God won't hear your prayer if you're, if you're lost. There's a citizenship requirement. That's right. So there's a, to be a part of the, to be a part of, uh, of the, the, the body of Christ, to be a part of the building of Christ. You have to have come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So you were foreigners, you got saved, and now you're fellow citizens. Welcome to the family. Yeah, amen. Now, as fellow citizens, the Bible says we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The apostles dealt with the church age, the prophets with the Jewish age or Old Testament age. Mm -hmm. And so these were foundations upon which the body and the building is built. Yeah. In Psalm chapter 11, verse 3, a very, very important verse. It comes from my mind all the time. It says, if the foundations... Yeah be destroyed, what can the righteous do? 
We are built on the foundations of the prophets. Genesis. That's right. And following. That's right. And the and the foundation of the apostles. Matthew. That's right. And, to, and following all the way through the book of the Revelation. That's the foundation we're built on. I live in a house in central Illinois. I'm not going to give you the address because I don't want you. Uh, oh, we're just about done. About one minute. Okay. Okay. We'll finish this. And this house has a good foundation. To have a foundation, you have to dig a big hole if you have a basement. And then you, at the at the corners of this hole, you build four deeper holes where you pour concrete, and it's called footings. And then you build a trench, and you pour concrete in there, and those are called footings. And then on the footings, you build concrete blocks that are put together, that that are, if I can say, yeah. fitly framed together. Fitly framed together. So that when I build my house, it's built on a firm foundation and i've lived in this house for 41 years uh, and and it's still standing and it's because it's built on a good foundation mm -hmm. and the build of the body of jesus christ the building of jesus christ is built on the foundation of the word of god <laughs> the apostles and the prophets i think we'll take a break at this moment is well, that right curtis let's do that and uh, remember where you are, and we'll just take a minute or two to reboot our computer uh, and, and to, uh, uh, to take a glass of water so I can continue talking. <laughs> we will be back shortly.